Welcome to the world of the multi-passionate mind. You already know what a wonderfully weird and extraordinary place this is to live. Now imagine that you can easily decide where to aim your focus and trust yourself enough to finish what you start. Maybe you want to build a business that encompasses everything you love under one umbrella. Or maybe you just want the time freedom to finally start crossing things off your bucket list. I'm your personal hype woman, Jenny O'Connor, and I'm going to show you how to do it all like a boss. If you're an ambitious creative who's ready to make an impact, hit that subscribe button because we are the multi-passionate community that is going to change the world. If growing an audience on social media feels like a slog and you're convinced there has to be a better way, there is. It's email. For every dollar invested in email marketing, you get an average of $42 back. Plus, email reaches an average of 79% of the people you send it to. Instagram, 13.5. Ugh. But a lot of entrepreneurs aren't leveraging this awesome way to grow an engaged audience because they think writing emails is too time-consuming or that they're not good at storytelling. If you've ever thought that yourself, my free guide, Write Better Emails the Easy Way, will change the game and help you craft memorable, money-making newsletters in just minutes a week. Get it now at JennyO'Connor.com forward slash email. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 69. I'm Jenny O'Connor, and I help multi-passionate creatives like you kick overwhelm to the curb so you can fit all of your shiny objects into a life and business you love. So in coaching circles, it's always recommended that we be super transparent with our audiences. And that makes sense, right? Because anyone who is trying to build and grow an online business needs to develop know, like, and trust with their audience. And the only way to do that is to be authentic. But there's a caveat that goes with this totally transparent instruction. And that is to tell your audience what you've gone through once you've come out on the other side. So there's a teaching moment in there and a happy ending and all of that good stuff. So that's very different, right? From sitting in the throes of a desperate situation and telling your audience that that is where you are. Understandably, that can make your followers think, holy shit, this person is a hot mess. (laughs) Why would I listen to anything they have to say? So I am going to both follow this advice today and completely ignore it in equal measure. But there is a method to my madness, so stay with me. I'm going to follow it by being really transparent about what is going on in my life right now. And I'm not going to follow it because I haven't come out the other side yet. But I think that's kind of the point. When you hear the topic of today's episode, I think it will become clear that if I was on the other side of this, it wouldn't have the same impact. Because what I'm inviting you to do as a result of listening to today's episode is to trust the universe. And that is a really scary prospect when things don't seem to be going your way and you don't know what your next step is or where your next paycheck is coming from, or you just generally don't know what you're supposed to be doing with your life, right? You've got all those questions. Trusting is a really, really scary thing to actually commit to doing. And it's all well and good for me to be in a situation where I've trusted the universe and everything has worked out in my favor 
and to say to all of you, hey, you should give it a try. I think I would say to a person who had it all figured out and has six figures in the bank, for example, well, that's easy for you to say. It would be easier for me to hear the suggestion to trust the universe from someone I follow if I knew that they understood right now just how terrifying of a prospect it is to ask me to do that. So I'm here to tell you that that is me right here, right now. I don't know that things are going to work out and I'm shitting myself about it. All I know is that for the last two months, I've been undergoing a change, some formless and very necessary reinvention that I haven't really been able to put into words, even in my own mind. And the truth is, I don't actually know where I am headed. Not really. And it's been kind of hard to show up for you guys with confidence because, you know, how do you do that when you're not really sure if the steps that you're taking are the correct steps or if the direction that you're headed in is going to work out for your highest good? But that's also why I think it's important to do this episode today while I'm still in it, because inviting you to also trust the universe sounds better to my mind coming from someone who is like, hey, I'm in the trenches with you right now. So I am hoping that the message I feel drawn to deliver today can be received more readily by you, knowing that I am scared out of my wits right now. So without further ado, let's get into it. For the last two months, I've started to get the sense that coaching feels a lot harder than something that is truly aligned ought to be. So first, let me say I've never really enjoyed the word coach for a lot of reasons, but I think it's the easiest word to use to help people understand the industry that I'm in. I prefer to think of myself as a teacher. I love teaching what I know. And if you're here for it, great. How can I be of service? I absolutely feel like helping others is part of my purpose for being here. But I'm also very clear on the fact that I am a creator and I want to make art and I want to write novels. And up until very recently, I didn't realize how much I've been suppressing those urges. I actually wouldn't even let myself have those urges at all. And on top of that, I've been pouring my heart and soul into my coaching and really not walking my talk at all. What I want for all of you is a life that feels really fulfilling and allows you to touch all your passions as often as you feel called to. And yet I've been spending 12 hours a day in front of my computer, totally burning myself out and not at all living the life I'm trying to help my clients live. And that only started to sink in recently after two years of cranking away like this with this amount of momentum and commitment and not looking up even once for 12 hours in a stretch. I don't think it should feel this hard and I shouldn't be doing it in this backbreaking way. I don't want this life. So I'm not leading by example. And I'm completely neglecting the things that make me feel alive, like my writing, my art and my spiritual practice. So that really left me wondering where to go next. I mean, it's all well and good for me to say what I really want to do is write a novel, but that isn't an immediately lucrative decision if it's ever a lucrative decision. A normal person would probably have some doubts about making a living this way or getting traditionally published or building a platform that will get agents and publishers to look at you. So a lot of doubts have come through as I'm asking myself, what is next for me? Like, what needs to be my priority? 
I'm not going to abandon teaching because I know I was put here to help people, but maybe that's not meant to be my number one focus right now and certainly not for 12 hours out of every day. So this has been going on and whenever I'm in doubt, I consult the tarot. And I don't know if all of you listening are spiritual or if this is going to sound like total hooey to you, but stay with me. I personally connect with the tarot deeply. For some of you, that might be something else. Maybe it's just sitting and meditating on what you should be doing next. But from the tarot, I get messages that are super profound and dead accurate all the time. And for this past two months of questioning and sort of wallowing, for lack of a better word, in self-doubt, I have continuously pulled cards with the same two messages to deliver over and over again. One of those messages is rest and relax, which I absolutely have not been doing, right? And the other one is trust. Trust the universe. Have faith. Know that you are supported. Stop swimming upstream. And I have been so freaking bad at handling this message. Like I get trust the universe and I think, yeah, okay, all right, for the next 24 hours, I will trust the universe. But after that, I need to know what I'm supposed to do immediately, please and thank you. So you may know I was on a trip recently and it gave me an opportunity to be a little bit more liberal about trusting the universe. So I went to a retreat in Stusha, which is an island off of Gothenburg in Sweden. And the retreat was led by Liz Zamorski, who was a guest on my show in episode 26. She's amazing, y'all. And if you haven't listened to that episode, do check it out. I'll drop the link in the show notes. Liz is a former corporate lawyer turned tarot reader to the stars. And after just one interview with her, which was the first conversation we'd ever had, I knew that we were going to be friends. And she told me after we wrapped our episode, I'm going to create a summer camp for grownups. Will you come? And I said, absolutely. Just let me know. And I'm pretty sure that I am the first person who signed up when she went live with the offer. Not only that, though, I planned to stick around for the retreat for an extra three days because I was that certain that she was going to want to spend more time with me before I left for the next leg of my trip. And when I casually mentioned to her that that's what I was doing and that I was headed to Amsterdam after, she asked if she could come to Amsterdam with me. And I, of course, said yes. Multiple people in both of our lives were like, that's ballsy to make travel plans with someone you have never met in person. And I am sure that there are an infinite number of ways that it could have gone horribly. But it was very easy for me to trust that it was all going to work out and that it was exactly what I was meant to do. And then when I got to Amsterdam, I set up a meeting with two people from the octopus movement, which I introduced to all of you in episode 18, when I interviewed Perry Knoper, who is the movement's founder. The purpose of the movement is to raise awareness for neurodiversity and nonlinear ways of thinking. So changing the narrative from perceiving dyslexia, dyspraxia, ADHD, and autism as impediments to success and to having a good life and to start viewing them as superpowers or a superpowered brain that connects dots and problem solves in ways that no one else would think of. Perry's philosophy is that if we can create think tanks with a mix of specialists and nonlinear thinkers, we can more readily solve the world's biggest problems. 
Now, let me sidebar here and delineate between neurodiverse, which not all multi-passionates are. For example, I'm multi-passionate, but I've never been diagnosed with anything, and non-linear. I do think all multi-passionates are non-linear and think in a special way that may be similar or related to the neurodiverse brain's way of problem solving. It's hard to go from A to B in a straight line, whether you're multi-passionate or neurodiverse, even if you are not both. So in any case, I'm part of the octopus movement. And while I was in Amsterdam, I met up with two people from the movement who I'd never even had a conversation with. We had never met on Zoom. I had chatted a few times with the woman named Yoka on Facebook Messenger and never once with the other gentleman, Han. We just simply heard about each other through other people we had in common, and we'd been told that we would get along swimmingly. So I made plans to meet up with them one of the days that I was there, and I trusted that it would be worth a 40-minute journey from outside of Amsterdam where I was staying into the city to meet for a drink and grab some lunch. And it was, of course, incredible. And it was easy. It was easy for me to trust that that was going to be something that was going to enhance my life. And therefore, it was. But here's the thing. In both the case of the retreat with Liz and the meeting with Yoka and Han, it was easy for me to trust the universe because the stakes weren't very high. Certainly meeting someone for lunch, if that goes horribly awry, you just walk away with like a meh feeling, not the end of the world. And with Liz, I got a retreat out of it. So surely that was going to be a good thing. And the three days that we spent together in Amsterdam, I suppose I could have gone really badly and I would have been miserable for three days. And that was three days out of my life that I could never get back, but it wouldn't otherwise be life altering. So those are examples of trusting the universe that worked out in my favor, even better than I could have imagined. But it wasn't really scary to do those things. But here's what was. The moment I got to the retreat, I started having all these conversations where I said something to the effect of, I really don't know what I'm supposed to do next. And the answer the other people attending gave me every single time was, well, you need to trust. So when we laid down for our Reiki session in the grass that Liz was conducting for all of us, she said, set an intention, which admittedly I am really bad at. My intentions are usually me trying to control something aggressively with force. And in perfect Jenny form, I set the intention, if I could please know exactly what I'm supposed to do with my life at the end of this 45 minutes, that would be great. <laughs> so... Believe me, this whole two-month process has made me aware of just how much of a control freak I am, which is not a way I ever would have identified myself in the past. But apparently, I want to know if I need to be envisioning other career paths. I want to know what steps I can take to get my novel finished and in an agent's hands in the next six months. To that end, what tasks should I be working on today? Huh? Right this minute? What? <laughs> how can I work harder, 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 harder? harder to push the boulder up the hill, manipulate, cajole, and force things to happen on my time schedule. It's apparently a big part of my personality that I've never really seen until I was called upon to let go and trust. And I was just like, fuck, I can't. So 
over and over again. While on this retreat, I was told to trust. And then like in the tarot readings leading up to the retreat, I was told to trust. We pulled cards once we got there and they either said rest and relax or they said trust or indulge in play. And I was like, I came here to get an answer, damn it. (laughs) So there I am chasing my own tail And finally, I just say, screw it. I relinquish the need to know where I'm headed while I'm here in Europe. I'm going to allow myself to just let go for 18 days. When I get home, I can worry about the future. And so I did. And the trip was magical in so many ways that I don't have time to go into today, but probably will at some point in the future. And then... During Liz's stay with me in Amsterdam, she convinces me to extend this little trust experiment for the next 30 days after I get home. Just trust for 30 days. Don't force anything. Don't burn the midnight oil. Do what lights you up and trust that that will illuminate the path for you. So I say begrudgingly, okay, what's the worst that can happen in 30 days? Like I won't go bankrupt. I can do, I can undo whatever damage I've done if I just do what makes me happy for 30 days. So whatever fires burn, like I can go and pick up the pieces, right? So that's how I sort of justified this agreement to trust for 30 more days. And then the next day, Liz says, okay, so you're going to trust the universe for 90 days. Uh, So this experiment just got scarier and scarier. So on our last day together, we did a tarot reading for me. And at the same time, we set our new moon in Leo intentions. So I set an intention around my novel. And that same day, I'm scrolling through Instagram and a workshop pops up in my feed with Elizabeth Gilbert of Eat, Pray, Love fame headlining. And during which all attendees have the opportunity to pitch their book to Hierophant Publishing, which incidentally is a spiritual new age centric publisher, which makes it the perfect publishing house for me to pitch my book to. And the deadline is November 1st, which gives me three months to write a book proposal. And my manuscript isn't finished, but that's not required. And my understanding is that in most cases with fiction books, the manuscript must be completed in order to pitch it. But Not in this case, not to win this particular contest. Now, of course, there is no guarantee that I'm going to win, right? But what I will have no matter what is a book proposal in three months, which I can continue to tweak and modify and improve upon, and which is leaps and bounds further than I have been in my novel writing process. Like up until now, I haven't even thought about a book proposal. And it's probably something I wouldn't have even pushed myself to do at this stage or any time in the near future. So this is really propelling me forward. And I found it in my feed the same day I set the intention for my novel. So that right there felt super aligned. And I trusted that this opportunity came my way for a reason. And I signed up without even thinking about it. And then I moved on to my second new moon intention. And I set a goal to finally invite a few of my dream guests onto this podcast. So I've had some people in my orbit for a while who are semi-famous 
plus, you might say, and whose work I follow and who I greatly admire. And I have known that in order for my show to pique their interest, it would have to be somewhere where they would actually care about spending an hour. And there would have to be some benefit. (laughs) Can't just be them doing me a favor. There has to be some benefit in it for them. And the thing is, right before I left for Europe, I had some major milestones with the show. With download numbers, I put together a beautiful media kit and it shows the traction that my show has gained. Listen Notes has me ranked in the top 5% of podcasts in the world. That's exciting. And so I decided that it was time to reach out to these dream guests who I've only just like been holding space for in my head, but never really had like the guts to reach out to before now. So that was the second thing on my list. And I couldn't really do anything to push the first intention forward any faster on my plane ride home. This is the control freak in me. I must do something now. So I drafted an email to the person at the very top of my dream guest list. This person is the number one person I have wanted to have on my show since I created my show. So I send this person an email from Iceland and get home more than 24 hours later and I'm brain dead and starving and I'm sitting in my kitchen having breakfast with my mom and I get an email alert on my phone and it is from my dream guest, not her assistant, but her personally. And it says in all capital letters, hell yes, I'm in. Holy shit, you guys. And it came within seconds of walking into the house, like the minute my feet touched ground back in California. And it could have easily come from her assistant. And I still would have been over the moon about it, but it was from her. I mean, if this isn't a sign that it is safe to trust the universe, I don't know what is. I am confident that this is the start of a new era for this show. I always knew I just needed to get here. And then things would start happening. So that is the story that I wanted to come on today and tell you all. And now I want to ask you, where is it that you can let go of the need to force something, to push a boulder up a hill, to spend 12 hours a day in front of your computer? What area of your life offers you an opportunity to receive rather than to force to play and rest rather than to push. Where can you trust, even if the notion of doing that scares the shit out of you? And remember that I am inviting you to do this while in the midst of this process myself, not knowing where I'm going and utterly scared out of my wits. So I promise to update you on this journey I'm on and tell you honestly how things turn out. I'm going to be honest, even if things don't turn out, even though conventional wisdom says, wait until you're on the other side. I am not going to do it that way. So that is my message for today. And a quick opportunity to drop a little teaser about this upcoming episode with the most epic guest ever. You guys are going to love her. She is enthusiastic and funny and foul mouthed and full of amazing advice about sales and imposter syndrome and how to be a digital nomad and how to do all the things and still travel the world and love the shit out of your life. It is going to be such a juicy episode and it's coming soon. So stay tuned. I will be dropping more clues about who it is and all of the deliciousness that you can expect in upcoming episodes. 
So I hope you enjoyed the episode, Boss Fam. And if you ever want to ask me a question and effectively get some laser coaching, send me a message on Instagram at Jenny the Wordsmith, and I will answer on the air and shout out your business in a future episode. I know you all have questions about being multi-passionate in business and in life, so please don't be shy. My goal is to help people like you step into the spotlight and make real money from their creative passions. I've made a ton of free resources to help you out with this. One of them is my procrastination personality quiz, which will teach you why you procrastinate and what action steps you can take to stop it for good. You can find that at jennyoconnor.com forward slash procrastination. Until next time, remember, when it is all finished, you will discover that it was never random. Now get on out there and do the thing.